Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow, well, the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores, so stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Out of the funnies into your homes, and we hope your hearts too, the makers of Camel Cigarettes bring you Blondie. Before we drop over to the Bumstead house to visit Dick Young's famous characters, Blondie and Dagwood, a word from the makers of Camel Cigarettes. Now, one of the things that makes Camel Cigarettes so different is that Camel's costlier tobaccos are slower burning. Recent scientific tests confirm it. But you don't need a stopwatch to tell you that Camel's are slower burning. You've got a better way of knowing. You'll find that Camel's are cooler, milder. Better tasting, too, because that slow-burning feature of Camel's lets the flavor and fragrant aroma come through to you. Your throat, too, will appreciate the gentleness of slow-burning Camel's. And, of course, the cigarette that burns slower is going to give you more actual smoking. By burning 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested, lower than any of them, Camel's give a smoking plus equal to five extra smokes per pack. So for extra smoking and extra pleasure, smoke the slow-burning cigarette of costlier tobaccos, Camel. And now we're ready for our weekly date with the Bumstead. This time we find Dagwood with his employer, Daisy Dithers, standing in the living room of a newly completed bungalow. Listen. Well, Bumstead, is this a typical Dithers dream home, or, or isn't it? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Does that fireplace look like the kind where a young couple could sit? Gazing at flickering flames and all not. Yes, sir. Uh, why, that's our regular uh, number 413. 413A, Bumstead. Oh. The heart of a lifelong honeymoon, $12.85 extra. Oh. oh. And what about the furniture, Bumstead? It's okay. You mean it breathes contentment, don't you? If it doesn't, that decorator overcharge me. Hmm. Well, are you going to furnish all the houses you build now, Mr. Diddy? Not by a long shot, I'm not. Hmm. I was crazy to furnish this one. Uh, yes, sir. What? I mean, uh, why did you furnish this one? To please lock and bar Stipple. Huh? Stipple is an old bachelor with a barrel of money and a lot of romantic ideas about marriage and love in a cottage. He keeps talking about lamp-lit windows in an ideal home for two. Uh-huh. So he wants to play Cupid by providing dream homes for honeymoon couples, easy terms, and no down payment. Oh. If he can just put the right people in the right houses. Yeah? Claims he doesn't want to make a sense. Gosh, I wish I met him when I first married Blondie. If you'd waited for him to provide a home, you'd be living on a vacant lot today, Bumstead. Why? Oh, because he can't seem to find a place that lives up to his ideas. I started showing him new houses, and he said they all looked too empty. And I furnished this one. Uh-huh. And he still didn't like it. 
He seems to expect to find his honeymoon is all moved in and holding hands in front of the fire. <laughs> Saying, that's a good idea. You know what Eddie Guest said? <clears throat> it takes a heap of living in a house to make it home. Why don't you find some people, too? Well, Bumstead, I'm glad you mentioned that. I have the same idea. You did? Yeah. Oh. Only I'm not going to turn this new furniture over to strangers. I want someone I can hold responsible. Oh, sure. Responsible people is what you want. Uh, don't get anyone who would come in and start throwing parties for their friends and relatives. Uh, get someone who would kind of move in and then relax. Well, Bumstead, huh? you relax easier than any man I've ever met. Yeah. Huh? How about you and Blondie moving in here for a while? Oh, no, Mr. Dittich. It's a nice place, but uh, all this new furniture and all. Why, you two could make believe you were just starting on your honeymoon. Well, who would we make believe Baby Dumpling was? Huh? Oh. Well, you could leave Baby Dumpling with the puddles. Get a complete change. I don't know. Uh, Blondie and I are kind of used to Baby Dumpling now, and, and Daisy the dog would miss it. Oh, nonsense. Look, I'd make it worth your while, Bumstead. No, uh... Oh, I've got a better idea, Mr. Jitters. I know some real honeymooners, a nice, steady people, too. Blondie's Aunt Bessie and her husband, Mr. Sneevel. Eh? They don't sound very romantic to me. You simply want romance. Oh, you ought to see them like kids. Blondie and I brought them together, and I bet they'd be glad to do us a favor. But I wanted to settle the deal with Stipple this weekend. If I can do that, I can sell him a lot of homes, and besides... Uh, I could wire... Hmm. Well, it's against my better judgment, Bumstead. Anytime I leave anything to you, something goes sour. Yeah? But I'll settle for Aunt Bessie and Weevil if... It's if, evil. Huh? Oh, what's the difference? I'll settle for them on one condition. You and Blondie come in here first. Let Blondie sort of warm the place up. She has an act around the house. Then if her Aunt Bessie doesn't come, you two will have to go through with the romantic stuff for simple. Well, I'll ask Blondie and if she's game, <laughs> I am. Then it's a deal, Bumstead. Now, when I bring Stiffle, be sure there's a fire in the grate and soft lamps glowing all over the place. Okay. Remember, he's strong on lighted windows. everybody to turn everything on, and they said they would, uh-huh. but they didn't say just when. Yeah. 
mistake. I smell kerosene. Oh, it's this oil lantern I borrowed. It smokes, too. It doesn't give out much light, either. Oh, dear. I did want the place to look cozy for Mr. Skipper. You know, Dagwood, I think his idea is lovely. Furnishing little honeymoon places for people. Well, maybe the lights will come on before he gets here, and the firewood may dry out and burn. Say, what are Aunt Betty and, and Gideon do? In a minute, I think. I got a funny wire from her. It said... Hey, what's that? Oh, the front door. Yeah? I wonder if... Oh, oh, it's Aunt Betty. Well, that you, Blonde, as I'm saying. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm so glad to see you, Aunt Betty. Here, Dad, help her with your bag. Come right in. Hello, Aunt Betty. Oh, I like her on right on by. What with no lights or anything? What's the matter with the light? They'll be turned on soon. Look out for that trunk. Yes, you guys. Put her bag by the trunk. I'll adjust for now. Okay. Come on in, dear. Guys, five bags. And it looks like you've uh, you've left home for good, Aunt Betty. And so I have, too. <laughs> huh? Well, I say, and so I have left home. Not that I call that ugly big barn of a house home. It was bad enough when I was living with my family, and they used to sit around like it was awake, waiting for Gideon Sneeble to come and claim me. Thirteen years awaited, as you well know, Blondie. And if I'd have known what was in store for me, I'd have waited till doomsday before I'd have trusted my life to that man. You mean Uncle Gideon? That's who I married, ain't it? For better or worse, I took him. And how was I to know how much worse it would turn out to be? Oh, dear, you, you've quarreled with Mr. Kneeble. Well, I thought you had just come back from your honeymoon. And so we had. But when a man deserts his bride, the honeymoon is over. Uncle Gideon deserted you? Well, he's off on another trip. Packed up his samples of anchors and look out. And good riddance to others, too. Oh, well, maybe it's just a business trip. I don't care what it is. You won't find me waiting when he gets back. Oh, I was mighty glad to get your wire inviting me here. Uh, yeah, but we kind of wanted you and Uncle Gideon both. Well, of course, but I'm not welcome. Oh, now, Aunt Betsy, Dagwood doesn't mean that at all. Well, it's just that we thought you and Uncle Gideon both being here would make this a real honeymoon cottage. Oh, dear. What, what made Uncle Gideon mean home? Well, he laid it to Horace and Sylvester. You know, Aunt Gracie's boys. Oh, oh, yes. Where did he meet them? Mm-hmm. They dropped past the house for a little visit. And at first, I wouldn't know from Gideon's mouth. He was that polite. The boys took him so well, they decided to stay up there. You mean they moved in with you? Well, it seemed as if it was a small house. There's eight bedrooms in that place of Sneevels. And that I pointed out to him when he began his rumbling. But he says to me, why can't Sylvester sleep in the bedroom then, instead of my favorite chair, he says. Oh, I see. What else did Sylvester do? Not a blessed thing. Uh-huh. I guess that's why Snoozel didn't take the candy to him after a while. Sylvester does a lot of thinking, and he can't do it so good unless he's lying down. Mm-hmm. What does he think about? Oh, about what he's going to be in life. He says it's a serious thing to pick out a career. Mm-hmm. He's been thinking about it ever since he was 21. He can't make up his mind yet. That's quite a long while, Aunt Jessie. Well, Sylvester's just turned 45. He certainly gave it careful consideration. Poor boy. He's all wore out from the thinking and the worrying. Oh, and that Sneevel never would let him be. When Sneevel went off to work morning, he'd complain that Sylvester was a snoring on the living room couch. And when he'd come home to lunch, he'd make him get up and come to the table. And when he'd come home at night... He'd complained that Sylvester was taking his afternoon nap in his chair. Never give the boy a minute, please. Well, maybe it's Sylvester had shown a little more energy. Don't believe it. Horace had energy and to spare. 
The people got mad at Horace, too. What did Horace do? Just tried to be helpful, is all. He fixed Gideon's car for him. At least he uh, tried to. What went wrong? Well, seems like the gears on the car was making a noise, so Horace up and took them out and cut it round and put them back. Worked like a beaver on it. Yes. But Gideon Seville complained that when he was through, the car wouldn't run no way but backwards. Uh -huh. He backed it out, and it backed around the block, and it backed back into the garage, and his language was a caution to hear. That's why he kept up and left out on the train. Oh, gosh, that's too bad. Well, you can stay here tonight, Aunt Betsy, anyway, and uh, then go visit your own folks a while, huh? And let them say to my face that after waiting for a man for 13 years, I up and made a fizzle with my marriage. I'll die before I ever go home. Well, don't worry about it tonight, Aunt Betsy. You can stay here and rest. For a while she can, but this isn't our house, Blondie. It's Mr. Ditter's and... Uh... Please, Dadwood. Not now. No, let him go on. I know I ain't wanted. Here, nowhere. Now, Aunt, yes, the whole family couldn't wait to get me off their hands. Gideon as much as turned me out the door. And now you. Give him about my going before I even took off my hair. Well, Aunt, Nobody wants a lone woman. Now, tell him. <laughs> now, now, that is a good bit. And come on upstairs with me and lie down. Just a burden to one and all. That's my No, no. You're welcome with us, Aunt. Of course you are. Come on, now. Would you like a nice cup of tea? Oh, no. Don't do no trouble for me. Oh, it won't take a minute for you. Yeah, not after the gas gets turned on. No gas. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Your relative. Oh, God. I hope that isn't Dibbage. Who is that? Uh, wait till I turn up the lantern. Oh, huh? Where is she? Who? Why, it's Uncle Gideon. Where is Bessie? Now, don't tell me she ain't here, Bumpkin. I found this on the doorstep. A birdcage? With her love birds in it. Of course, she left the parrot for me to feed. I, I guess I forgot to bring that cage in with her bag. What is all this stuff in the hall? Oh, a trunk and stuff. Come on in, Mr. Smeagol. What's the matter with the lights? Uh, they're going to turn them on pretty soon, I think. I don't like the looks of this bumpkin. Now, what have you done with Bessie? I haven't done anything with her. She just went upstairs with Blondie. She's pretty mad at you. Well, I've come to have it out with her once and for all. A pretty kettle of fish this is. Where will I put this anchor? Anchor? Oh, uh, one of your samples. Certainly it's a sample. I brought it to prove it was a business trip I was on. Oh, well, let's see. Oh, well, put it here in the hall with the other stuff. That must be pretty heavy to lug around. Not as heavy as my heart, Bumpstead. There I was, a happy married man, when a snake crept into my Eden. Two snakes. Sylvester and Horace. Dad, what's going on down there? Don't say I'm here yet. I want to confront Bessie. What good will that do? Maybe if I take her by surprise, I can get in a word or two before she starts talking. Well, she was crying when she went upstairs. Oh, she always does that when she runs out of talk. She knows I can't stand it. Got her voice back. Yeah. You, you, you sure you want to stay? It will be down in a minute. Well, I'll just stand back here in the shadows, back of the couch. Okay. Dad, what's wrong, Dad? Who was that at the door? Why? What? What's this anchor doing here? Uh, it's lying there. An anchor? Oh, that means evil. She followed me. Don't let me take me from me. Now, Aunt Jessie, maybe he's come to make up with you. Then he's wasting time. I give him the best years of my life. Oh, that's so. Oh, there he is. Now, Bessie, listen. Lurk in the shadows. Sure. Stop, lurk, and listen. That's my motto. 
Now, let's be sensible. Don't come no nearer against me, Bob. Stop him, Blondie. Now, Aunt Bessie, no one's going to harm you. Why not listen and hear why Mr. Sneevel's come here? Sure, Aunt Bessie, be reasonable. Oh, I'm unreasonable, am I? Because I won't listen to his smooth tongue. Well, let me tell you that I've been listening for years, and I believed him, too. I was just fool enough to think he meant it when he said he'd send me a good home. I did give you a good home, but I didn't promise a home for your whole family. Especially Sylvester and Horace, those termites. Don't make it any worse. I curse him, get him, Sneeble. Isn't there any way of catching this up? Yeah, if those stomachs would leave. Leave? Sylvester huh? wouldn't get off that couch if the house is on fire. I tried it. Yeah, they frightened me out of my wits one morning, hollering fire. Oh. Yes, and all Sylvester said was, which room? And I said the kitchen was in flames. And Sylvester said, well, when it gets close to here, call Horace and ask him to carry me out. I won't sit here and listen to no more lies. I'll go. Out into the night again. Now, Aunt Bessie. Oh, she won't have to go. I'll go. Hand me that anchor and those love birds. Don't place them up with a finger on those birds. They're mine. Now, Uncle Gideon, give Aunt Bessie the birds. Dagwood, oh. you keep out of this. Who paid for those birds, I'd like to know. There he goes. Throwing his money in my face. Oh, where's my hat? Up there, Let me be blondie. Oh, this is what I get for marrying beneath me. Oh. I was too young to know what I was doing. You mean you were too old to care? Oh, cigarettes and found extra mildness, coolness, and finer flavor in Camel's slower-burning, costlier tobaccos. 
But camels also give you a generous bonus of extra smoking per pack. By burning 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brands tested, lower than any of them, camels give a smoking plus equal to five extra smokes per pack. Smokers who live in communities where certain state cigarette taxes are in effect can save the cost of the tax, and in some instances more, through smoking camels. If you live in a community where there are no added taxes on cigarettes, the savings are all yours. So turn to camels. Your sense of taste, your sense of value, will quickly tell you that penny for penny, camels are your best cigarette buy. Up, will you? Yes, sir, here I am. Oh, did Mr. Withers go so soon? He didn't go any too soon for me. He was pretty mad, Blondie. He said Mr. Stipple would just be rambling onto a stumble, uh, stumbling onto a, 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 oh, something like that. Oh, dear. Did he hear Bessie and Gideon? Oh, how could he help it? What was that crash? Who threw what at who? Oh, that wasn't anything. I just dropped a bottle of cologne I was bathing Aunt Bessie's forehead with. Oh. He has a bad headache. You mean she is a headache? Now, don't worry. It's just that they're getting adjusted to marriage after living alone so many years. I feel sorry for them both right now. Maybe I'd feel sorry for them if I had time. But Sipple will be here any minute looking for a romantic honeymoon couple sitting by the hearth. And we haven't got one. I know. And I feel responsible because it's mine, Aunt Jessie. Oh, oh, look, Edward. What? A little hall light's burning. The electricity must be on. Oh, turn it out. If Sipple sees a lot of lighted windows, he'll be here like a shot. He's crazy about it. Hey, who's that standing in the hall? Well, Uncle Gideon. Oh, eavesdropping again, huh? Uh, I'm afraid I was. Uh, well, I understand that my uh, disagreement with Bessie has embarrassed you young people. I'll say. Well, well it has. My whole job depends on it, maybe. Uh, see, uh, there's a fellow coming who thinks marriage is a fine thing. A bachelor, huh? Yes. Huh? Well, yes, but he has a lovely idea, Uncle Gideon. He wants to provide low-cost homes for couples where they can find peace and contentment. Little houses like this, just for two. Just for two? Mm-hmm. Good idea. My marriage might not be the wreck it is if I'd had a guest-proof home. Oh, if I could help in any way. Well, you could, uh, by being the example of a happy married couple. But uh, only you need Aunt Bessie to. Then it's hopeless, my boy. Oh, is that so? Oh, I'm sorry, you. may I ask? Aunt Bessie, you were listening to. Yes, I was. And uh, if I were speaking to Mr. Thiebel, I would tell him that I was just as able to cooperate with my nephew as he is. Uh, did you hear that, Uncle Gideon? She said. I heard it. You may tell Mrs. Sneeble that I, for one, would be willing to impersonate a happily married man for the period of the emergency. Aunt Jessie, Uncle Gideon says... I heard him. I can hide my feelings, too, while the company's here. Oh, I think that's very nice of you both. Now, while I'm turning on the lamp, would you sit together over by the fire? Yeah, right over here. Come on. Look, Blondie, the fire's beginning to burn. Uh Uh-huh. Everything's looking a little bright exactly. Now, uh... Sit down, Yeah. Now, uh, you sit next to Uncle Gideon. Uh, now, hmm. now, how does that look, Blondie? Well, um, it would look a little more honeymoony if they wouldn't sit up quite so straight. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, too much space between them. Get together, get together. Well, if you'll be good enough to tell Mrs. Sneeble that I don't want to force my attentions on her, I'll meet her halfway. Oh, uh, listen, Aunt Bessie, 
He said, I heard you. And you tell Mr. Siebel that he can just sit as close as he likes. And I'll just make out to myself I'm on a hayride with a stranger. Oh, no, not Missy. Pretend you're still in love. Don't be childish. Listen, that's him. That's Dipple now. It's, it's now or never, Aunt Jessie. Oh, please help us. Give Uncle Gideon your hand. For you, Blondie. There. Good. Now, the coffee. Yeah, and uh, look at the fire and smile or something. I've got to open this door. Go ahead, Jackie. Oh, <laughs> hello, Mr. Dipple. Uh, you're just in time. I mean... You, you know me? Uh, you're Mr. Dibbert. Oh, Jackie. yes, such a kindly character, Mr. Dibbert. Is that so? I mean, sure. Uh, come right in. Oh, are you sure I won't be intruding into your happy circle? Oh, no, indeed. We've heard so much about you. I feel as if you were an old friend already. Oh, you're very kind. Now I feel welcome. Oh, but I mustn't stay. It's enough that I've seen this happy home, been allowed for just a moment to cross its magic threshold, step into a world of content. Oh, don't run away so soon, there. Uh, why, you haven't seen the place yet. Uh, look, over over by the fire. I mean, you ah. And they want to meet you. And we all do. I'm Blondie, and this is my husband, Dr. Dunster. And this is Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon Seville. Good evening. You see, you can feel it. How do you do? Now, won't you sit with us by the fire? Oh, I I mustn't disturb the happy couple. They were seeing castles in Spain and the embers, I'm sure, dreaming of their future together. Uh, well, I... Huh? Yes, Miss. Maybe Mr. Stiffley is right and the rest of us wrong. I beg pardon? I mean, well, you've never had a home of your own, have you, Mr. Stiffley? No. A real home, I mean, with a wife. No, I... I never have. But perhaps you know more about what a home means than people who do have one. You understand so well, lady. Oh, Blondie's great at understanding people. Just the thing, I, I think it might be a good thing if Mr. Stipple told us what he thinks a home should be. Oh, well, I, uh, it seems to me that a home need not be a large place. Uh, never any larger than just big enough to hold the people in it close together. Its walls shut out the world and its troubles. The fire on its hearth, no matter how tiny a blaze, keeps out the cold and warms the hearts around it. A real home is a place where a man and a woman face life together, face it unafraid, laughing at misunderstanding, inviting contentment, finding beauty in the simple act of living day by day. Oh, oh but I mustn't take up any more of your time. I think you've given us more than you've taken Oh, but you all know better than I what I've been trying to say. You all have a home, while I, well, I just peer in at the lighted window and and wish you happiness. Oh, Denny, it's quite late. I really must go. Ah, another wayfarer attracted by the gleam of your fire. I'm What makes it so quiet in here? Huh? Why, Mr. Sipple was just telling us. Mr. Sipple? Well, 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 you got here, I see. Most happy to say that I did. I've met the most charming people. Huh? The Bumpshed, you mean? Oh, and their relatives, uh, Aunt Bessie and Uncle Gideon. Bumpshed? Where are they? Right over there. Uh, the ones holding hands. Those two? Uh-huh. By the fire? Perhaps yes. you're surprised to find a honeymoon couple who are not, uh, uh, young people. But they're all the happier to find each other later in life. It's not only for the young I want to build my little homes, Mr. Dibber. Oh, you've uh, decided to go ahead with your idea? Oh, yes, indeed. This house is what I've been looking for all along. Why, it's perfect. 
It's so snobby, so peaceful. Peaceful. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, maybe if we're going to talk business, we ought to go over to the office. I was about to suggest it. Good night to you all, and I do thank you so much for our happy visit. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Oh, uh, Mr. Dillard, uh, before you go. Uh, tomorrow, Bubba says, don't you worry. I won't forget what you've done for me. Oh, I don't know how you did it. Well, I guess everything's all right, Edward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounded as pleased as he ever does. Hey, Aunt Bessie, Uncle Gideon, they're gone, Aunt Bessie. <laughs> yeah, but don't start yelling again, Aunt Bessie, uh, until Mr. Tipple is out of hearing. Oh, I, I don't feel much like yelling. That man made me, well, kind of ashamed. Me, that a fine man like Gideon and, and treating him the way I have. Oh, now, Bessie, it was all my fault. Taking you into that big barn of a house and getting all excited because you had a few of your folks drop in. Suppose you moved to a small house, a cozy little place. Like this. Oh, Gideon, could we? Could we? We have. From now on, we live here, Bessie. Well, Dagwood, looks as though it's time with Nick. Come on. Huh? The honeymooners want to be alone. Oh. Come, dear. We'll pick up our things in the morning. Good night, Bessie and Gideon. Oh, they don't even hear you, Blondie. No. <laughs> Look at them. It would be simple good to see them now. Yeah. Sitting in front of that fireplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a nice fireplace. <clears throat> That's our regular 413A. The hearts where happy hearts will spend a lifelong honeymoon. Blondie is played by Sonny Singleton and Dagwood by Arthur Lake, whose new Columbia picture, Blondie Brings a Baby, will soon be released. So till next Monday, we leave the Bumsteads, Blondie and Dagwood. But the makers of Camel Cigarettes have other radio treats for you during the week. Tomorrow night over these same stations, you can listen to the music of Bob Crosby and the best Dixieland band in the land with Johnny Mercer and Helen Ward. And if you like swing, well, you'd better make a date with your radio for Saturday night when Benny Goodman and the world's greatest swing band with Mildred Bailey bring you another musical caravan. That's a tip for your radio pleasure. And for your smoking pleasure, let us suggest that you try camels. You'll find more pleasure per puff, more puffs per pack. This is Bill Goodwin speaking for the makers of Camel Cigarettes. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year can now 
read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.